across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Well, welcome to another From the Terraces. Let's all pause for a second and realise that uh, Peterborough got beaten 2-1, a non-league club by a non-league club, Chorley, in yesterday's FA Cup. Apologies to the Peterborough fans out there, but you know what it is. Still not much to talk about at the moment, uh, although there was a game uh, midweek, um, so we'll be talking about uh, that game um, and we'll also be talking hopefully to uh, either or both of Lance and Robbie on the uh, recommencement of football um, at all levels. Matt's on his way back to his house at the moment, so hopefully he'll join us uh, shortly. And you can get in touch with us all the usual ways. Um, you can text us on 07919 070490 uh, as we always do uh, with uh, Cambridge United. So while I'm while I'm uh, stalling for time here, waiting for uh, Matt to join me, he is on his way back in, uh, so he should be able to join us on the phone, of course, because we're not allowed in the studio. Well, I'm in the studio on my own, but other than that, we have to observe all the usual social distancing um, in uh, this uh, time of lockdown. So uh, it was... Uh, a, a difficult. I mean, it's been a difficult time for, for, for Cambridge United. They had a, a game, obviously, the Southend game cancelled uh, late um, in the day, and uh, the EFL will, as they, uh, as Ian Mather pointed out yesterday, uh, they will do what they always do, which is investigate why a game was uh, postponed. Uh, the interesting thing was they added uh, the fact that it was um, down to both COVID and a plethora of injuries, and I think we've got Matt on the line as well, although. It's Still sounds like he's coming through the door by the sound of it. But are you there, Matt? Hi, Tim. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, yeah. Um, so, I guess, I mean, we were just talking about the South End. It, interesting that, the obviously, the, the postponement happened and then they managed to play shortly afterwards two games uh, midweek and then at the weekend. Uh, they blamed it on COVID, which all the tests apparently turned out to be negative, and a plethora of injuries, which was the interesting one because we don't normally uh, allow teams to postpone for a plethora of injuries. But the, the AFL will, of course, as they sh- should do, investigate what's going on there. Yeah, hopefully, Tim. Um, really and truly, I think it's a bit of a farce, in all honesty, with you. Uh, the statement coming out from South End about having sort of, you know, 10 fit players and I think two goalkeepers. Well, if my maths is right, that's a team and, uh, you know, one sub at least. So, you know, it's it's not a good way. It didn't look good for us uh, as a league. You know, it doesn't make South End look any good either as a football club. And, um you know, really, really disappointed with the way that it's kind of been announced and been sorted out. And I would hope that the EFL would have been making a 
a decision pretty quickly on this because, of course, it impacts us on the, on the fixture list. And, uh, and that's one of the things, you know, we're now going to have to play a Tuesday night potentially somewhere. And, um, you know, it, it's hard going, especially in the season, which is, you know, been sort of, you know, curtailed in already. And we haven't played Tuesday, Saturday most of the week. So, yeah, really disappointed. Um and as you say, you know, with the with the COVID test coming back negative and, you know, them being able to play two games doesn't put the football, you know, doesn't put Southend as a football club in a good light. And hopefully the EFL will come out and, you know, award us the, the three points and hopefully uh, three goals as well. And just before you came on, of course, I did just point out that uh, Peterborough lost yesterday to Chorley 2-1. <laughs> so we just, we just, we savoured that moment uh, and probably upset a lot of people who are Peterborough fans. But uh, as I say, mate, Cambridge United through and through here so we are obviously going to uh, remind you of it at every possible opportunity absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so of course uh, we we did get to play a game midweek Cheltenham Town uh, one all it was an interesting game two very very late goals one late in the first half four minutes into two well as as, as, uh, John now pointed out four minutes into two minutes of injury time uh, and then Mullin uh, managed to pull it back five minutes into the uh, last bit the second half of injury time Uh, it, it it wasn't a classic game, um, but it, it was interesting in that you know this this is the new Cambridge United that we're seeing, I think, uh, and whether it lasts and whether it's good enough to 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 get promotion, it, it remains to be seen. But the effort that goes in and the the willingness to try until the end, and we had the situation where uh, Bonds put uh, substitutes on, um, which gave us three up front, and we took a defender off, and we went for the game knowing that it was still within reach, and uh, it, it proved to be a you know who else but Mullin would score would score the goal, but uh, it shows a difference in attitude than we've seen in previous under previous managers and in previous years. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think you're completely right there. I mean, uh, how how many seasons have we said, you know, a, a manager should roll the dice and go three up front and, you know, just change the system to try and force a goal? And, um, you know, your credit has to go to Mark for, for rolling the dice and, you know, giving it a go. And, you know, the only criticism I think I, I had was maybe it came a bit late, but when it when it comes off like it did... You know, you, you the manager gets the credit, and so does the so do the players. So, um, you know, really, really pleased with the point Tuesday. As you say, the the desire and the the work rate and the attitude are, are second to none, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that about a Cambridge United side. Um, you know, kind of a reverse of the Barrow game where we deserved nothing and got a point. Um, you know, I I thought we were well worth the point and possibly probably deserved a three. Um, I thought we made them more clear-cut chances, um, really limited them to not a lot throughout the game. And, you know, they're a, very, they're a good side. They're very well organised and, you know, they'll be up there at the end of the season. But, you you, you know, there's games like that where you, we've said, you know, you don't lose those games and maybe you've got a sniff of, you know, getting something this year and achieving something positive, whether it's a top 10 finish as, as a as a maximum or, you know, you look into the playoffs or maybe the top three as a, as a really, really good season. Um, and it shows that this team could potentially do it. But like you say, they've got to keep it up for, for a long, long time. The games are going to come thick and fast again soon. And it's, you know, it's down to them to keep going out there week in, week out. 
and try and put in those performances. And of course, with January around the corner and us being up in the sort of top three, they're going to be clubs looking around at our players, especially the ones coming to the end of their, their contracts in the summer and, you know, potentially making moves on them. Obviously, we lose uh, Haram Boatang in, in January, which I think will be a massive loss as well. I think he's been fantastic. And I would hope, you know, the club are, are looking into trying to bring him in permanently or at least till the end of the season on loan. So, yeah, if we can keep going like we did Tuesday, Tim, um, you know, the, it all bodes well one way or the other for, for the rest of the season, you know, whether it be a top 10 as a maximum finish or, you know, looking at the playoffs and, and higher. And, you know, it's interesting to hear that Mark keeps downplaying us saying, you know, we're a good team, but we're, we're not a very good team yet. So he wants something more from them and he believes there's something more to come. And that, and that's always good. You know, the manager who wants more, but, you know, his little comment about how he loves this team, well, you know, and it did make me smile. And, you know, fair play to him. He's built up a good side here so far and he's got to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, he, you know, I think he he, know, he knows as well as anyone, and we've seen this over and over again at this level, that, that you know, the, 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 there are no standout teams generally. It's it's one of those things where anybody can beat anybody on a, on, on a given match day, and we've seen surprises uh, throughout the last few years. Um, but it, it, it's that consistency that we're starting to build up that we've never seen before. It's kind of, you know, consistency in the Cambridge United books is anything that lasts longer than a game and a half and we're seeing at least a consistent effort a consistent application and a consistent desire to win even if the results aren't always going our way and that gives us a way of, of, of fighting fighting for a game where previously we might have kind of settled back and just uh, you know tried to avoid a bigger defeat um, so that that's always great I mean the big news though obviously this week is that <clears throat> with lockdown ending uh, we the, we get to see um, a, a game of football um, at uh, at the Abbey to two thousand people um which covers all the season ticket holders which avoids the problem we did we just talked about when there were cup games that being opened about whether season ticket holders would get in and how would they rotate season ticket holders uh fortunately that's gone and all 1500 season ticket holders have got tickets and there will be some left the club are asking any season ticket holders that know at this stage that they're not going to be going to contact the club because obviously uh, any more that they can resell as a result of a season ticket not taking hold of a, a ticket will be uh, more revenue in. Um, but just good for people. It, this will be the first league game uh, that's been played in front of a crowd. And, uh, you know, when you talk, you know, this is this is December we're into by the time this game happens and, and nobody's seen a league game as yet. So hugely, hugely beneficial to everybody, uh, uh, to the club, to fans, to, to go and see a game live uh, and going to be a, hopefully a really enjoyable night. I can't wait, Tim. I'm really, really excited to get back to the Abbey and, and see this team play live in the flesh, which obviously bodes well because we'll probably lose 2 0 now, no enough on luck. So <laughs> um, let's, hope, let's hope they can go out and they can put performance in. I, I noted during the week that the, the Mansfield manager, Nigel Clough, has already turned around and said that away teams aren't going to have an advantage now. Um, playing a little bit of mind games very early with, with everyone and having a good moan as Nigel Clough always likes to do. Um, so it, it, it's massive. It's massive for the football club. And in fact, you know, I think we have to congratulate the club on the fact, that, you know, the next three home games have already been signed off to have fans in. 
I think it's a fantastic effort that the club have put in. And, uh, you know, it shows that the safety advisory group, um, you know, have faith in us as a football club to allow us the next three games, the next three home games, uh, to, to be having fans in. And, you know, hopefully it'll make, obviously there won't be much of an atmosphere, but hopefully the boys will put in a performance and, you know, Mark will hammer it home to them that there'll be an expectation of the way that they play, you know, from us fans, because we have been doing so well. And, um, you know, hopefully they can rise to the occasion and go out there and, you know, put a show on like they have been doing um, this season without us fans. So, you know, really good news. Really looking forward to Wednesday. Um, As I say, hopefully going forwards, you know, potentially we might be going down to Tier 1, which means 4,000 fans into the ground at, at some point. And, and that would just be brilliant. You know, I think, you know, we'd sell out 4,000 quite quickly and quite comfortably. And, you know, the, everybody can get around and, you know, see the boys and hopefully we can charge up the, you know, table a little bit up to, you know, maybe top and uh, go into the Christmas period top of the table. And that would be really, really good for, for once in our lives. <laughs> Santa delivering well if that happens. <laughs> I mean, we are actually quite lucky when you look at it that, uh, you know, I, I I, I guess that the Mansfield game was moved to the Wednesday because of the end of lockdown. Um, but then you've got uh, three consecutive home games, Wednesday, Saturday, and then Tuesday, albeit the Tuesday is the Papa John's Trophy uh, against Gillingham. Uh, but uh, Ian Mather was on the show yesterday uh, talking about, well, three things, really. He was talking about, as I say, if you're a season ticket holder and you don't need your ticket, then please let the club know so that they can sell it to someone who does or uh, who wants to come in, um, which will bring in extra revenue, of course. Um, he also said, you know, it, it's kind of down to uh, the fans as to how this goes. Um, obviously, those that are seating will be placed into their bubbles, stay there, uh, sit in your seat, you're allocated and stay there. Those that are on the terraces is a little bit more different. Uh, they're difficult because, of course, no one knows uh, who those social bubbles are. And they're asking for fans. Obviously, the only way this can be done is to, to police it yourself, is to make sure that you stay within your bubble and keep the bubbles isolated. Because uh, the last thing we want to do, he pointed out, that we will be watched on the Mansfield game as we will on every game but particularly on the Mansfield game given it's the first Um, and if it's seen not to work very well then who knows what might happen from there so it's in fans uh, own interests uh, you know to 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 do to do the right thing Um, so yeah I mean those three three games uh, sorry the third thing you said was obviously to come along to the Gillingham game albeit that people don't like the Papa John trophy it's a game of football it's a game of football against some good opposition and it's a good chance for us to test ourselves against uh, some good opposition. So those three games, the 2nd, the 5th and the 8th of December, and then uh, we've still got another two home games before uh, the end of the year. We've got the Colchester game on the 15th and then uh, obviously the Boxing Day game, uh, Leighton Orient at uh, 1 o'clock um, on, uh, on Boxing Day. That's when it's always played the Boxing Day game. Strange. Uh, there you go. So five home games that we treat you to in, uh, in December. Um, and uh, you know as you say a huge thing the only downside of it of course is a financial one because unfortunately with the amount of people that come in um, you know we make a loss on the games particularly because obviously we've already uh, the season ticket holders their, their revenue's already been accounted for um, so 500 walking fans uh, you know don't pay for the opening of the stadium because as soon as they open the stadium they have to have uh, as Ian pointed out yesterday a huge number of stewards um, 
um, plus all of the backroom people and everywhere and everybody else. Um, so it, it, it's a loss-making enterprise. And uh, it, Ian said he was confident that uh, Cambridge will come through this because of the uh, things they've put in place prior to the pandemic. Um, but uh, other clubs won't be so lucky. Other clubs will be, and he talked about he's sure that you'll see some clubs going out of business before the before the end of the year potentially yeah and that's a shame and as you say you know having to to lose money on having a crowd in um you know it should be a good thing obviously for all the football clubs having the fans back into to the grounds um but there is going to be a, a a loss on it because obviously the, there's going to be no facilities open you know you can't go and have a drink before the game or so, anywhere so, so, at all. yeah so so there is, uh, apparently some of the some of the food bars will be open in fact but uh, uh i don't think i don't think the bar will be no i mean that that would be a good thing that you know there will be some kind of refreshments offer, offers because i i was under the impression that nothing was going to be open so you know, you, you'd hope that out of those 2,000 fans, you know, they'd all buy a, a burger or a hot dog if, if the club get the money. Um, so, but yeah, it is going to be hard and you, there could be football clubs that potentially, Tim, just play behind closed doors because it would just save them a lot of money. And it is a shame, but it's the way football is at the moment. And of course, there's no emergency rescue package on the horizons by the sounds of it and you know it's all gone a bit quiet again which is you know such a shame and you would have thought by now um you know the premier league and the other teams would have been looking at it and making a lot more sort of effort to get around the table and and hammer out a deal which is beneficial for all of football you know the non-league clubs might be absolutely fine from it and which is great but you know the football league clubs do offer, you know, operate on a higher sort of budget, and as you say, with stewards and you know backroom people having to come in and this, that, and the other, um, you know, it's not going to be cheap. And of course, you know, you don't know if the, the players are going to have to start being sort of tested, which the club will have to pay for potentially with fans in the ground. And, um, you know, that's more money on top of everything. So it's it's going to be a shame. It's going to be good. You know, it's good to hear that the football club have got, uh, you know, plans in place and they feel that they can get through this, um, you know, this next step. And obviously there's a, there's a big um, sort of put a call for, for us to go into Tier 1 because the, the R rate for, for Cambridge is dropping quite quickly. And, you know, 4,000 fans, I'm sure, would make a, a lot more of a difference than 2,000. But, you know, the football club have done really, really well. You know, they've they've come off absolutely fantastic in everything they've done. They deserve all the, the plaudits for all their off-the-field activities that they've put in. And, um, you know, long may it continue, Tim, because, you, you know, like this football club, it, it seems to be on a bit of a high under all of this pandemic. Um, you know, we seem to have a good reset over over the summer, you know, over, with this pandemic coming in and the way that we wanted to do things and how it was going to be handled. And, um, you know, we just hope that we can keep going, that the club can keep going and the team just keep putting in good, successful performances.
Yeah, I mean, interestingly, the, the, you mentioned the, uh, the the rescue package, and this is one of the things uh, Ian talked about yesterday uh, on the show. That um, the, the difficulty is, it's, it's it's kind of like there are loans available, but that doesn't solve the problem. It just moves the problem out. And he talked about some of the chair, you know, some of the uh, League Two chair chairman are talking about, you know, it being just a, a ticking time bomb. Uh, you're kicking it down the road, and, and you're going to have to deal with it sooner or later. And in fact, if anything, it makes it potentially worse because instead of cutting back you borrow a bit of money and then you know when that becomes due you've got a real problem so it, it, it it's it's difficult days and it will be interesting to see if any of the uh, clubs who are allowed spectators in uh, so uh, you know anyone in uh, one or two uh, tier one or two but uh, it, it'd be interesting to see if people do play behind closed doors because as you say at least they're not losing money i mean that that would be a terrible decision to have to make to allow have to be allowed to have fans back but to literally not to be able to afford them to come back um would be would be a real nightmare for clubs and hopefully there's not too much of that but i guess if you can't afford it you can't afford it you've got to do what you've got to do for the longevity of the club and you know we're, we're in a, a better position than most in that respect um so i mean having having had such a you know such, such a good start to the season um, and again you know you keep you keep looking back and uh, 13 games in we're uh, third in the league um, uh, point behind Cheltenham who've played a game more than us obviously uh, and equal points with uh, Forest Green and one point ahead of Exeter and Leighton so if you look at that um, two of those clubs we're playing in December December becomes uh, a, a very important month we've got Forest Green coming up uh, just before Christmas and then obviously Leighton Orient's the Boxing Day game Game, as we talked about and there are others in or around who will be playing so December is going to be not only a very busy month but a very important month yeah it is absolutely and um, you know I don't think we can discount Mansfield on Wednesday who has started you know putting a couple of wins together now and seems to have found their their feet again in this league uh, it, it's a really key month Leighton Orient have had a really good start you know probably just as impressive as what we had and they had a really good result yesterday away at Port Vale which is you know a place where we notoriously lose Tim as we would quite well know so um, you know they're going to be they're going to be tough opponents for us on Boxing Day Forest Green we know exactly what Forest Green are all about and um, there'll be a really good side again, and no surprise that they're up there. And you know, we we've just got to keep going. And like we've been saying, you know, we've got the consistency now, where we don't lose very many games, and uh, we've got to, you know, when there's games that we're potentially not going to win the game, we have to make sure that we avoid defeat. And that's something that we've been doing really, really well this season so far. And you know, a, a point is is a lot better than zero points. So. You know, we we can only keep doing keep doing what we're doing. We just keep playing positively. You know, take each game at a time, which Mark and the team seem to be doing. You know, they do seem to have game plans and and the fluidity in the, in the system of how they want to play. Whether it's you know this sort of four two three one or the four four two. Um, you know, and, and they, they play it per game, which is good, you know, rather than just sort of sticking with one formation and that's it. That's the way we're going to play throughout the season. You know, we've got the players in that can fit into at least two, maybe three formations. And uh, we're quite fluid with the, with the way that we go, uh, you know, to suit the opposition or to, to make it more difficult for the opposition. So, you know, it, you know, with those five home games that we've got, you know, going into Boxing Day, you know, we've got to make sure that the league games are obviously won. 
and the uh, the Papa John's trophy no one cares about. So, uh, you know, we can lose that and stick the kids out again if we want. But, you know, we've done quite well. And again, you know, we've probably made a little bit of money out of it and the, the boys might fancy giving Gillingham a, a game as soon as uh, they, they lost yesterday, yesterday to Exeter. So we'll see. You know, as long as we keep going, you know, the confidence stays high. You know, we keep picking up points. You know, we could come out of uh, Boxing Day against Leighton Orient, you know, still in the top three. And then, you know, maybe I've got to sit down and uh, start thinking about changing my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a nice position to be in at the end of the year if you have to if you have to start looking at doing that. Um, you talked about, uh, I mean, play, uh, clubs start sniffing round uh, uh, for those clubs that have uh, had some success and especially those that are on short contracts. And uh, Hiram Boateng, obviously, is is only here till January unless that changes. I mean, obviously things are going to be going on behind the scenes to to, to presumably. I mean, we'd be it, it would be lunacy if we're not looking to at least extend that contract to the end of the year because he, he's just been. A, I mean, he is just the man in the middle of the pitch. I mean, he he has that confidence when he's on the ball. He has he, he's got that passing ability. He's got everything you'd look for and that we haven't had in the middle of the pitch for a long time. But there are others. I mean, obviously Mullin. Uh, you know. People talk as soon as he started scoring goals. People are talking about you know get him there and extend his contract. Um, you know I know it's difficult because he's got family back in uh, Liverpool and you know he he may not want to do that. But but obviously people will will be looking at him and thinking that 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 might be a good target. Um, but there will be others, and you know, the club has got to do what it can to resist that. Of course, if someone comes in with a big offer, it's very difficult to do anything other than at least consider it. Yeah, and that, and that's a key thing. We're in a situation now with, with the pandemic that if you get a, a silly offer from a from a club that is you know uh, looking to try and push on even more, then yeah, and they've got money of course, and they and they make us a decent offer for a player like Paul Mullin. You know, I think the club are stupid not to think about it, and of course we know that. I'm sure the club are preparing themselves maybe. Um, you know, drawing up plans just in case that silly offer does come in, um, and if it doesn't, you, we know we've got him up until the to the summer, and um, then I, I've got a feeling that probably he'll he'll leave the club. Then it could be just a one year deal and and done, unless we go up into League One because you know he, he's been a breath of fresh air up front. He's a fantastic player. He's probably one of the better strikers that I've seen in in a long, long time, Tim. And, um, you know, he, he deserves to be playing League One football regularly, really. I think he's that good. Um, so, you know, it's going to be hard for us. And, uh, you know, Haram Baratang as well, who, who's, who's class since he's come into this football club. Uh, again, another League One player that probably shouldn't be playing with us um, at the moment. And, you know, we've got to try and, you know, take advantage of that if he wants to stay and if he's happy to stay. And, you know, keep them in at least until the end of the season as well. And, you know, then we don't know from there. Hopefully his contract's up and we've got a, a chance at signing him. And, that you know, that would be really, really good. So, you know, it, it's hard. It's going to be hard. January is going to be a tough month one way or the other. You know, if we get silly money in for some of our players, I think the club might. You will definitely be thinking about it. And um, if we don't and, you know, they're willing to renegotiate contracts, I think we need to be, you know, proactive in that part and get out there and get those contracts signed up 
as early as we possibly can. And so, you know, we've got to go out there and look at improving the squad as well with whatever money we have got. And, um, you know, see if, if there's the player out there that Mark wants to bring in. Now, that is going to make that difference to, to the team. And, you know, there might be one more, you know, potentially up front. I know Joe Ironside and Paul Mullen have done fantastic this season. But, you know, Harvey, we've got Harvey Nears, we've got Andy Dallas, who aren't really getting a sniff at the moment. And you would imagine that maybe one of them will just go out in January. Um, the midfield, obviously, Liam O'Neill will be back at some point. And, you know, does somebody out of there sort of, you know, go out on loan? Or, as I say, does Boateng go back to MK Dons and, you know, they have another look at him? And then, you know, defensively, I think Carnell has been absolutely fantastic this year. You know, he's right up there as one of our best players as well. And I, I think people would be, you know, sniffing around him as well and looking to see if they can do a deal either in January or the summer. So, you know, we've got to draw a plan up ready for just in case that he, he goes. So, you know, it's going to be a busy month, January, and, you know, looking forwards and hopefully we can keep hold of our best players. But, you know, the, the situation that we're in financially, you know, if a silly offer comes in for one of them, the club are probably going to look at it and, you know, try to take it if they need to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So going to be interesting times. At least, at least it's good, I suppose, to have people sniffing around. It shows that we've got a team that can play. Well, Matt, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, no doubt I'll uh, see you uh, on uh, Wednesday at uh, the Mansfield game. Now, I was just checking this out because I think they've moved the timing, haven't they, of it again? Because yes, it moved back to 7.45. 7, and it is yeah. now a 7.45 kickoff. Uh, so don't turn up at 7. Well, you turn up at 7, that'll be fine, but you'll be uh, standing on the terraces getting cold. Um, but uh, 7.45 on Wednesday. Um, excellent. Thanks very much, Matt, Matt, for joining us. Talk to you later. Take care, mate. Bye. There we go. So uh, let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back and hopefully get uh, Robbie Nightingale on the phone. Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hey, Robbie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Tim? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So it, it, the moment has nearly arrived for you. I was getting all excited, but but you're not starting straight away, uh, according to the uh, according to the fixture lists at the moment. No, we're not. We're, um, yeah, we did try and... Uh, we had Avely booked in on the 5th, um, and we were trying to, to get that game sort of the go-ahead, but, you know... <laughs> Fair play, yeah. You know, Avery wanted a, a week or so training and and to be able to start the season where they've had some sessions together. So we, you know, we completely and utterly understand that. Um, you know, but for us, we just we just want to play games and we just want to get back to it. You know, <laughs> you can't get that much fitness into people in in a space of a week. You know, by by training and playing games. You know, you might as well just right. Season starts on the fifth, and we just start. Everyone starts on the fifth, but. You know, it is what it is, and you know we're really, really looking forward to um, potentially starting on the twelfth at Sudbury at home. And you know, we've 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 got a couple of friendlies penciled in, sort of behind closed doors, um, just sort of training games before that. So that'll be good for us. And you know, we have been doing some one-to-one sessions with all the lads. So you know, it's been difficult, but you know, you know, <laughs> it almost takes up a whole day 
doing your sort of one-to-one sessions, you know, so, and it's not ideal, um, but, you know, we are, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah, I know there's a, there's a league meeting on Tuesday. Um, so hopefully the findings from that meeting will allow us to, to all start, um, our seasons again. Um, I know the trophy kicks off, I think next Saturday. Um, so, you know, at least there's games to go and watch, um, as of next Saturday. So it's great to finally be back. And like I say, we are, we are really chomping at the bit to get going. And I guess the difficult, the difficult question is, you know, what happens to these? I mean, I think some some clubs have lost up to eight games by the time you restart. I mean, in an already crowded fixture list, eight games is going to be difficult to, to, to figure out where you're going to put those. Yeah. Well, we, we've just, um, you know, we've just done our, revised fixture list um this week you know it is like december and january are literally saturday tuesday um pretty hectic and you get to the sort of first week in february where we're again two a week or three a week and then it goes saturday 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 all the way through to the end of may um so there is that room for maneuver in sort of february march april and may for any postponements and any other you know, delays that we may may come across. But, you know, I think I think we've lost eight games ourselves, you know, with the three that were, were cancelled before before lockdown and then obviously the whole of November being lost. You know, so we we've got um you know a few games to make up but you know with it non league football it's you know training sometimes it, it's you go through the motions because it's you know, you you're training twice a week and your your games and it's you know, non-league football is about playing football and, and playing as much football as you can. And we just want to play and get going. And, you know, going from game to game to game is something that we enjoy doing. You know, you look at our run last year and, you know, those seven games were Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And within three weeks, we're, we're seven games unbeaten, haven't conceded and won six out of the seven. So, you know, it, it can work both ways. You know, we're not, you know, silly in that thought. You know, it can go the other way, go on a run of losing games. But, yeah, we've got a group of players that are you know, really, really hungry to to make amends for what what's you know, been a really difficult sort of uh, start to the season. Well, hopefully uh, everything will go according to plan, and uh, it'll be Saturday the twelfth, uh, three o'clock kick off uh, home against Sudbury. Uh, Robbie, we'll talk to you uh, a little bit closer to the time. Thanks very much for joining us. Lovely, thank you. So there we go, football uh, returning everywhere, albeit because I'd forgotten, of course, the, the big difficulty that uh, clubs like uh, City and Hissed have had is they've also not been allowed to train as well. So that's obviously why uh, they're, they're starting that little bit later. But uh, it's starting to come back. The trophy, as you said, is uh, starting next Saturday. Um, so uh, there are games uh, starting to come back at all levels as of uh, this weekend. So uh, if you want to get out there and go and watch some football, well, finally, you can, um, at least as long as you're not in a tier three place unfortunately um but uh, we're not so we are going to see football Cambridge 105 Radio.